Levy, your host. We're going to be joined by UFC featherweight Mike De La Torre. He's taking on Pepe this weekend in Brazil. We're going to talk all about that matchup. And then I'm joined by UFC bantamweight Russell Doan. Very exciting fighter. He submitted the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion Leandro Issa in his UFC debut. And most recently, man, he looks so damn good against Pedro Munoz. And we all know Pedro Munoz with that nasty guillotine. He was able to catch Doan. So we're going to catch up with him, see what's next. And then to cap off the show, I got Kyle Kurz joining me. He's taking on UFC veteran Bobby Volker at Shamrock FC 276. If he wins this fight against Bobby Volker, that'll be the second UFC vet he's beat in a row. And he could be getting the call soon. So definitely got to check up with Kyle Kurtz. First up, Mike De La Torre. Here we go. Mike De La Torre, what's up, man? It's Daniel from Half the Battle. Oh, how's it going? Chilling, man. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Awesome, man. I appreciate you taking the time. All right, no problem, man. So, dude, I mean, you're taking on Pepe in Brazil. This isn't the first time you fought a Brazilian in Brazil. I mean, last time you knocked out Thiago Trator in the first round. You looking to repeat that history in uh, Brazil next That's the plan. The plan's going there and do this, come out with the same outcome as last time, man. Like, I'm excited to get this one in the books. Dude, do you feel like you perform better on the road? Because, I mean, looking at your history, I mean, the Mark Bocek fight, obviously the judges screwed you on that one. But in my book, you won that fight. Then you knocked out Trator in Brazil. Then you beat Nam in Korea. So, I mean, do you feel like you perform better on the road? Uh, actually, I do think I perform better in, like, hostile environments and fighting a guy in their hometown. Like, I don't know. It just brings it out of me to go in there and get that win and Plus, the trip's a lot better when you have that wind coming back home. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What do you think it is, man? I mean, what uh, what ignites that uh, that flame in you, bro, to perform better on the road? Man, when when you fight in a different country or in somewhere like hometown, you know you have to go for the finish, or you have to bring the fight to them. And I think I get that mindset. Like I have to go in there, I have to finish, I have to work harder than the other guy, and it just brings it out of me. Yeah, that's what's up, man. So, okay, I know you get asked this question a lot, but I wanted to ask you firsthand. So, two-part question. Firstly, when are you going to fight Tony Ferguson for the nickname El Cucuy? Uh, When it comes down to 45. <laughs> I don't know. I had, I had that name for a long time, but, but he just had it, like, his name was a little bit bigger than mine at the time, I guess. How'd you get the name? Because, I mean, we know it's uh, the Boogeyman, but uh, how did you get named El Cucuy? Uh, I got that fighting down in Mexico. Like, this is around 2005, early in my career. I think my first, second fight was when I started competing. And, um, like, I had, like, 10 guys pull out on me. Like, the Mexicans didn't really want to fight me down there just because, like, I had better wrestling than them. And I could take them down and, like, ground and pound. And nobody really wanted to fight me within like within like six, seven months. And then like one of the promoters came, and my coach just came up with that name, Al Kukui. 
Yeah, it's very fitting. And speaking, I'm glad you brought up uh, your fights in Mexico because you took on Henry Briones in Tijuana back in the day. What was that experience like for you? Uh, man, it was a um, pretty chill time. That was right there in Tijuana, so it's like right across the border from San Diego. So I'm still kind of in my hometown. I have my crowd behind me. He had his, it was like 50-50, but it was like, it was exciting time. I think that's what really helped me, like going over there, fighting those guys early on in my career, and like in Mexico, and fighting guys in their hometown helped me later on, like now in the UFC, going into different countries and fighting these guys. Yeah, and speaking of which, you make your UFC debut against Mark Bocek, and dude, Right when I saw that fight, I became a fan because, you know, you're the kind of guy where it doesn't matter if you win or lose. It's going to be an exciting fight. And that, that's what the fans love, and that's what the UFC loves. So, I mean, after your fight with Bocek, did they come up to you and be like, yeah, man, I mean, those are the kind of fights we like to see. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what they told me. They like to see those kind of fights. And um, and that's what I try to deliver. Always, like, I don't worry about the win or loss. I'll worry about my performance. Can I go in there and perform? Okay, if I perform everything will take care of itself. So, like, I'll just try and make it happen. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. And, I mean, your only two losses in the UFC, I don't count the Bocek one as a loss because, I mean, I thought you won that fight. But you, against Ortega and Blanco, there, you know, there was some, some bullshit surrounding both those fights. I mean, Ortega pops, and with Blanco, you know, it might have been an early stoppage, and he missed weight by two and a half pounds. But, you know, when you went in there with Ortega, I mean, did he feel stronger than a lot of the guys that you normally fight or what? Yeah, it's not pretty strong. I was like, man, this guy recovered. Because the night before, I saw him cutting. I was like, man, he's cutting hard, too. So we were like, I saw him in the um, jacuzzi cutting, and I was like, all right, we might be even fight. I had a hard time cutting at 45 at that time also. And then the next day, he just felt super strong. I was like, damn, he recovered good. And I'm like, like man, I must have messed up somewhere or did something wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, do you think it would have gone differently if he was clean? Uh, he, to be honest, he, he caught me, like, fair and square, you know, like, there's nothing I could say and do, but all I could do is just ask for that rematch when the time comes and and then prove prove him wrong, you know, they see what he got when he's not on it. Yeah, I mean, that's a great attitude to have, man. I mean, I, I respect you for that. You know, you're a humble dude. And, uh, yeah, even though I know you'd probably want a rematch on, you know, an even playing field, that's cool that you, you took it like a man. Yeah, man, like, you win some, you lose some, you know, he he caught me, so, like, there's nothing really I could do about it, just move on and get the next one. So, then you fight Tiago Trator in Porto Alegre, Brazil, and, I mean, Tiago's no slouch. Tiago comes to fight, and you knocked him out in the first round. A lot of people didn't expect that, because, I mean, Tiago's a great striker. What was it like getting your arm raised in your first ever UFC victory in Brazil? Oh, man, I was super excited, especially taking no damage or anything. So I was, like, all pumped up. And actually, I planned to stay there, like, extra couple of days. So, man, I was riding high for, like, a week. And, dude, it was amazing, like, amazing night. Who are some guys that are getting you ready for this fight? I mean, are you training with uh, Mashad and Bendo and all those guys? Yeah, in the beginning of my camp, I started training with those guys. But now I'm a little smaller. So I've been training with... Uh, Mostly um, Alex Caceres, um, some some um, younger guys like Jakar Nones, and uh, some up-and-comers. That's what's up. And, dude, tell me about uh, Alex Caceres because, I mean, 
it seems like he really turned things around. Like, all of a sudden... I mean, he's always had potential, but now he's he's fucking dudes up, and he went five rounds with Yair. That was an unbelievable fight. What what did he do to turn things around, or is it just a matter of you know all the work he's put in? Now it's you know paying off. Now he lives now he lives down here full time. He's training here full time. Like his wrestling, like been improving every day. Like we're like like he's like probably my number one training partner right now. So we're always going back and forth in the gym, beating each other up. <laughs> yeah but man like, he's, he's wild though dude that's like, the but... perfect training partner for pepe because i mean we know about pepe's ground game but on the feet he loves to throw the flying knees he loves to throw flashy shit and having a guy like bruce leroy as your training partner that's gonna get you ready man yeah and i feel like i'm like i was using alex for all my stand-up i have uh Tequino, one of the best grapplers in the world he's helping me on my ground game right now and I'm and I have John Crowd, so I feel like well rounded right now. Plus, we have a new striking coach with us, um, Eddie Cha. He came from LA. I've been working with him the last about three months, three four months, and he's helping me improve my game. So next time you see me, I'll you're gonna see a whole different me. So what do you think about the fact that, you know, with your opponent, Pepe, he's not one of these guys that's going to try to win on points. He's not going to try to hump your leg. I mean, he's going to come out there. He's going to throw, like I said, flying knees. He might even pull guard. Like, the guy's crazy, man. He he comes to fight, win or lose. Yeah, like, you just have to, like, have your guard up the whole time because you never know what he's going to throw. But I kind of like that. He's, like, he's coming forward. He's going to put the action. I'm going to bring the action. I think I just have to keep up with his pace and match match his storm, you know? Like, he's going to come in wild. And so, well, I, you know, you can't be a step behind him. I always have to be with him or or let him burn out a little bit, and then I'll start pushing the pace. You've been doing, like, extra work on your cardio, or what do you do to adjust to a guy that has a serious pace like that? Um, I've been working my cardio lately, like, real hard. Um, but... I think the like my main thing is like I've been like working with Alex, so he's been like going acting wild, throwing crazy stuff that I'm never expecting, and just learning how to come forward on that, and like just working on my reflexes, basically. Hey, nothing wrong with that, man. You mentioned Tankino, you know, for your jujitsu. That guy's obviously world class. So I mean, he's got to be getting you ready for those triangles and all the crazy shit that Pepe brings to the table. Yeah, he has me doing repetition after repetition. Dude, I'm getting tired. I'm ready to get this fight over with. <laughs> <laughs> he doing some uh, flying triangles on you? Uh, no, I actually have Alex throwing up flying triangles, pulling guard on me, and all that, all that crazy stuff. That's what's up, man. I think he, I think he's enjoyed it too much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's funny, man. So you mentioned your family's Mexican, right? Yes. What's the first thing you're going to eat after your fight? Because I know, uh, you know, my mom's Mexican. I know us Mexicans like to eat, bro. Dude, I, the minute I get, like, I probably eat whatever they have over there, but the minute I get back to the U.S., probably some, like, enchiladas, or, like, beans, rice, plate or something. Or um, what I really like is um, tortas. Oh, yeah, those tortas are fire, bro. Yeah, or if I hit up, if I do go to California, I might just hit straight to California, Tacos El Goro, my number one spot. That's what's up, man. You uh, you fuck with them chilaquiles? <laughs> yeah, I do. I be killing everything. I eat the chilaquiles. <laughs> That's what's up, man. <laughs> everything. Hey, so uh, 
you got to try out this Brazilian steak. You into steak at all? Yeah. Bro, after your fight, you got to make sure you try out that uh, Brazilian churrasco. I mean, it's the real deal, man. I'm telling you. Where's it called again? Uh, just a uh, Brazilian churrasco. I mean, it's just uh, just ask for that that Brazilian steak, and they'll know exactly what you're talking about. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, these. All right, nice, nice, dude. Cause um, I've been hanging out with Caceres, so I've been going vegan for like two days, and then on my third day, I'll have like a steak, and then I'll go <laughs> back to day, two days vegan, and then steak. It's kind of been helping me with my weight cut. But I've been eating that red meat lately, but I feel I can feel the difference. <laughs> That's what's up. Hey, tell me about that vegan diet. I mean, what's that like? Does it make you feel better? Like, what what's the deal with that? Uh, I've been like, like, I'll ask my like if I have a question or anything, I'll ask Conceris. But basically, I just like I do like a lot of juicing, like straight vegetables and um, eating vegan meals. Usually, I'll go out to like a restaurant, like a vegan restaurant try out their food, tofu, or whatever. And I feel like, like, it gives me more, like, energized. And it's, li- it, like, it leans me out quicker than before. Like, you'll see, like, I have more muscle on my body. I'm not tearing my body up as much to cut down. I'm, like, I'm still, like, I'm 12 pounds away when I'm fully hydrated. So I'm, like, like, ahead of schedule. And, like, it makes me feel good. And then, like, I kind of get, like, a little weak within that second day that's why like on my third day like usually guys will eat chicken or boil their chicken i'll just eat a, like a steak medium rare yeah and they're like it just like pump me up like <laughs> boost my boost my energy levels up <laughs> that's what's up man that's awesome so you know initially you're supposed to fight a uh, henato moicano right yeah yeah he, i think uh, they, they offered me him and then um like, within the week, they changed the opponent, but so it wasn't that big of a deal. Okay, so it's not like you brought in specific dudes for Moicana. Pretty much right away, it changed to Pepe. Yeah, it was, like, within the week, so it wasn't that bad. Yeah, that's no big deal. I mean, they're both really exciting fighters, so regardless, it would have been a... It's going to be a fight of the night, no matter what. That That's the good news, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> So, I mean, where do you see yourself having the edge over Pepe? Obviously, you mentioned, you know, he's going to come out hard, and if you can weather a storm, I mean, that that's one way to approach it. But how, how do you see the fight going down, though? Yeah, I feel like it's going to, like, burn out. I feel like he's going to go in there, he's going to be all pumped up, and he's going to, like, overcommit on stuff. Kind of like um, Verdun did when he fought that when he fought Stipe down in um, Brazil. He's going to just, like, over be overconfident and I'm gonna just take my time and and then just once he makes that little mistake I'll be all over him there you go man and speaking of Stipe I mean dude you I know you saw him that fight over him huh yeah I saw that fight man I'm you know, going back and forth both those guys were rocked <laughs> bro we were on the edge of our seat man I mean that fight was unbelievable and you know you mentioned how Wardoom kind of you know came in overconfident in his fight in Brazil against Stipe but then when it was Stipe's turn to fight at home man he was poised man I mean he uh he had a stone cold face there bro yeah like he was he was ready I was like but basically I was like oh Stipe's gonna win if you look at like the heavyweight like record like they win the belt their second fight, uh, like the first defense, they always win it. And then the second one, you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
That's hilarious, man. So how do you see uh, Stipe and Kane going now? Because word on the street is those two are going to fight next. If Kane comes back at 100%, I'll give it to Kane. I think he'll outwork him, push him against the fence, beat him up, and just, like, dirty box with him all night. But Stipe got that power in his hand. He could probably drop him at any time. So, But I'm kind of... I'm not sure how Kane is. It's like I'll probably go with Stipe in this one. I don't think Kane's going to be 100 coming into this fight. Yeah, no, I feel you, man. I mean, there's only so many times you can have those surgeries and come back 100%, so I feel you on that. And he's already a two-time champion anyway, so it's like if he became a three-time champion, holy shit. But I, I do agree with you. I mean, this is Stipe's time right now, and that's no disrespect to Kane at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know disrespect. This is Kane being in wars, and his body is, like, torn up, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. So, in another title fight, your uh, teammate Benson is fighting Mike Chandler. That's going to be real good, man. You think? Uh, how do you see that one going? I know you're going for your boy Ben, but you think he's going to finish him, or you think he's going to win a decision? If it's five rounds, ah uh, man, that's going that's going to be hard. Chandler's pretty good. I think the wrestling's going to even out, and this is going to bang standing. To be honest. Not, um, I feel like Benson's gonna catch him. Benson's been working with the with the new striking coach, which is Eddie Chaw. He's the same coach I'm working with, and man, if he could get on, if he could get on that program, Benson's gonna come in dangerous. I thought like he didn't have enough time working with our new coach in his last fight, so he's a little gun shy. But like next time around, you gonna see his hands flying. Definitely. What's it like training with a guy like that? Because, I mean, he's such a badass. I know, you know, as fans, we might talk shit about certain decisions, but at the end of the day, this is a guy that's willing to fight anyone, anytime, any place. So, Benson's a total badass. What's it like, you know, training with a badass like that? Dude, it's like a different mindset training with Benson. It's like, you have to be focused the whole time. You have to be 100 walking into a room. Like, you never know. He might, he might call you over. You might have to train with him that day. You just got to be ready to go full blast with them. And, dude, he don't like it when somebody quits on him. So <laughs> you're, just <trying> to, <laughs> you're just trying to stay in there and, like, work with them. And, like, but, like, he'll, he'll take your game to a different level. If you work with that guy every day, man, you're, he'll teach you, like, how to push through. Like, his mindset is so strong that, dude, that's, like, his best weapon, I, I got to say. I mean, he he's dropping dudes in the gym with body shots, right? Yeah, man, he goes to the five like he has five rounds of sparring. He goes through eight guys. I'm like, damn, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious, man. So, dude, thanks again for taking the time, man. And uh, how's it gonna go down? You and Pepe, Fox Sports One, Brasilia, Brazil, September 24th. How's it gonna go down, bro? It's gonna go down. It's gonna happen September 24th. Gonna go in there. I'm going to do my thing and then let Pepe go wild and I'm going to catch him and I'm going to get my hand raised at the end of the night. Hell yeah. And one more thing. I forgot to ask you this. How do you feel about being the underdog, man? Uh, nah, it's like, it's another fight. I don't really see myself as an underdog. So it's like, whatever, you know, I don't really pay attention to the media like that. So oh, okay. I'm just going to go in there and do my thing and, and get my hand raised. 
That's what's up. Well, Mike, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now in Half the Battle. It's been a pleasure, my man. Best of luck in your fight. Let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug, bro. Now's the time. All right, man. You guys can follow me on my Instagram. It's DLT underscore Mike. And my Twitter account, SSD Mike D. Russell Doan, welcome to Half the Battle, man. What's up? Chilling, man. How are you doing? Very good, very good. Good, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Not a problem. Yeah, I'm man. Sorry I didn't answer. I don't answer unknown numbers this way. Oh, yeah. No, it's all good, bro. It happens. Uh, but let's get right into it, man. We got a lot to talk about. So, dude, your last fight with Pedro Munoz, that was the best you've ever looked. I mean, you were busting him up. And it's not even a matter of what you did wrong. It's more of a matter of what he did right. Because, I mean, when I see guys uh, training guillotine defense, I've never seen a setup like that before. So, I mean, what do you take away from that fight? Because you looked awesome in there, man. Um... You know, I think uh, this time I was just myself. Usually I'm super aggressive. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Like um, Marcus Brimmons threw me off. I never fought a southpaw. Uh, I never fought a good southpaw. Um, Yuri, the first time I ever used the game plan, I want to. I wrestled him. I won that. Whatever. And then. Uh, Draw Sanders, that was just crap. I don't know who the hell that guy was. But this time I felt super good. Everything went perfect in camp. You know, I, I honestly, I drilled guillotines a million times. I drilled leg locks, everything. When he took, when he had my back, I thought, okay, he's going to jump on my back or he might try and drop for a leg lock. And then he fucking pulled that shit on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, he did that. I was like, I don't know what's happening. I thought what's going on. And next thing you know, I couldn't breathe. Yeah, I mean, like I said, man, I've never seen a setup like that before, so it's really just credit to him. But like you were saying, I mean, that was, I mean, that was the best Russell Doan I've ever seen up until that point, man. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, exactly. So, dude, I mean, you make your UFC debut against Leandro Issa. He's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world champion. Now, you submitted him, which one doesn't simply do. But going into that fight, did you think it would be a possibility for you to submit him? Uh, no. No, you know what? Maybe, maybe not. But I, uh, my coach told me I could. He said it, it's a possibility, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, because that definitely uh, caught me off guard, and I, it definitely made me, like, pay attention to, you know, okay, who's this Russell Doan kid? Because, like I said, man, Leandro's a world champion jiu-jitsu guy, so it, it takes a, it, it's a tough guy to submit, you know? So, dude, I there mean... One of those where, sorry. Oh, no, go but ahead. That was go, one of those things where he was kind of out on his feet. Like, he was kind of wobbly, and he just gave bad position. You know what I mean? Fatigue makes cowards of us all. One of those, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Definitely, man. So, I mean, when did you... uh What was the first fight you ever got into before you were a pro fighter that gets paid to fight? Because, I mean, I hear y'all Hawaiians are scrappers, man. The craziest thing in the world... I've never been in a street fight. Not once. Well, that's respectable, never. man. Yeah, I've always been really good at talking my way out of terrible situations. Or, I'm small, so I'm really fast, and I can run faster than everybody. Dude, in your pro debut, you knocked out Tyson Nam in the first round. Once that happened, were you like, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? Uh, you know, I knew I wanted to do it. Um... Funny thing, I work with Tyson Nam now. <laughs> we work together at the UFC gym. No, but uh, 
I remember that. I was like, you know what I mean? Like, like the week before, I won an amateur title, and then I go to the gym, and they're like, so Saturday I win a title. Monday I'm in the gym. They're like, oh, uh, Saturday you're gonna fight Tyson Nam, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> but in my head, I'm like, oh my god, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? At the time in Hawaii, he was a killer. He was a killer, and I was just a kid. Damn, son. Yeah, and I mean, he he's still a killer. I mean, he knocked out uh, Eduardo Dantes, you know what I mean? So he's a he's a really good fighter. So going into that, I mean, how much training did you have? Not much. It, I mean, you just uh, had that natural Hawaiian samurai spirit in you and just knew how to fight? Uh, you know, I don't think he ever dealt with a wrestler, but it was. He didn't know how, at the time, when I first started, I was just a wrestler. I was a wrestler who could throw a punch. That's kind of it. You know what I mean? Um, but I remember um, in that fight, like, I, I nailed him, and I saw him. He got rocked. I, <coughs> I got so excited. I, like, almost leaped in like an idiot, and he caught me, and I took a knee. <laughs> and I was like, okay, back to wrestling. Yeah, exactly, man. So, wait, you wrestle in uh, high school or college or what? High school. It's definitely a yeah. good, uh, good background. I wanted to, to have. go to college, but it just never happened. Yeah, well, I mean, now you're in the UFC, so it's all good, man. I mean, so what are you, what are you looking to do next, dude? I mean, you had a great fight in your last one. Uh, there's all the talk about UFC Hawaii. Is that going to happen or what? Yeah, I think if they can get everything together, yeah. Uh, as long as there's like little, even little complications with venues and the card, and whatever else, then they'll just postpone it forever. I mean, where would it take place, man? I mean, because I don't think there's ever been one. Here? Um, so the places we have, there's Aloha Stadium, of course, which is gigantic. But it's kind of a, you know what I mean? If it suddenly rains, then the whole show goes to crap. And then there's uh, Blaisdell. Blaisdell is kind of small. The place that, that makes the most sense is Stan Sheriff Center. But from what I heard, they don't really like the idea. Because it's owned by the school, UH, I think. I could be wrong. And uh, I don't think they like the idea of it, which is retarded. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, okay, so it's some political shit then. Yeah, well, it, I mean, it'll take Holy. time, man. Because, I mean, I, can you believe that only this year it got legalized in New York? Yeah, right? Weirdos. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? So, dude, I've never been to Hawaii before. What, what's like some signature Hawaiian food? Oh my God! You know what the best thing about Hawaii is? In Hawaii, minorities are everywhere. Everywhere, there's so many different cultures: Filipinos, Hawaiians, you know, Samoans. But what we like to do is we take our good foods and we put them together and make better food. You know what I mean? So to tell you the good type of food here is just, I'd, I'd probably have a meltdown. <laughs> right now, I'm currently eating a plate of lechon. Lechon is uh, basically like pork, pork belly. And uh, so these guys that I got it from, they do it like a huli huli style where they put it on a rack and they spin it over a fire for hours until it's cooked all the way through. Damn, son. And then there's like the sauce that go with it. And then... It's just, you know, this is why, like, Hawaiians are known for being so big. Because we just eat 
I'm not big, but but in general. That sounds really fucking good, dude. I don't know about it. So, I mean, there's so many good Hawaiian fighters, and what you guys have in common is that you're all so damn tough. Now, did you meet guys like Max Holloway and Yancey Medeiros in the gym, or did you grow up with these guys? I um, I kind of grew up with Yancey uh, and Max's brother, Sam. We went to school together. Uh, we grew up in the same area. And then um, uh, things got a little tough for me and my family, so we moved, ended up moving away. We moved with my grandma in a, in a different area, not not out of Hawaii. But, you know, later on, like, I saw them in the fight game, and it was, you know, it's cool to reminisce and stuff. And now, here we all are, which is insane. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you mentioned how there's so many different cultures in Hawaii. Uh, which culture is uh, your family from? Oi. Uh, I'm like, I'm, my mom is Filipino, my dad is Hawaiian, slash white slash everything else in the book. So I'm, I'm, I'm a mixed plate. I'm a bunch of different things. But mostly, I guess, I, I grew up with my mom and my grandma. So it's kind of like Filipino, Hawaiian. Okay. Yeah, and you actually fought a couple times in the Philippines. How did that come about? Because I think uh, your boy Smolka did that too also before he, uh, he fought in the UFC. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I don't know how he started fighting in the Philippines. Harris. Harris Sarmiento, one of our teammates. Uh, started fighting in the PXC, and he went to the Philippines. That opened doors for us to go to the Philippines. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome, dude. Now, I got to ask you about what it's like to fight a guy like Yuri Alcantara. Just for me as a fan, you know, I'm a hardcore fan of the sport, been watching for a while. So, you know, Yuri, to me, he's a, he's a legend for the hardcore fans because, I mean, the dude always comes to fight. So, you know, I've talked to other guys that have faced him, like Jimmy Rivera, and I always got to ask everyone that fights him, what's it like to face Yuri Alcantara? Because on the feet, man, he's a scary dude. You know what? Uh, I think when I fought Yuri was when I learned that I had a chin because he hit me fucking hard. He hit me hard. But, like, the game plan was to wrestle him because that's how people beat him. But that left kick, that left straight kick he throws to the body, that 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 messed me up. That was like, uh, I don't think he could tell, but every time he threw it, he hurt me. Every time. Like, like we'd be in a fight, and then he'd throw the kick, and I, you know, you make that noise, like, Ugh. Yeah, yeah. And I'd be like, oh, please tell me he didn't hear that. And i just, like, move. Please tell me he didn't hear that. And i just keep moving. But he's a, he's, a, he's a big, big dude, man. Like, he's, at 135, when he steps on the scale, he's bigger than me when I walk around in general. And I can get up to 170, and somehow he's still bigger than me at 135. That's ridiculous. The thing that's crazy about Yuri is that he's got the same reach as a light heavyweight. A lot of people don't know that. He's a big dude. Yeah, he's gigantic. He, I, I don't know what he eats, but I want it. <laughs> I want to eat it for like weeks at a time so I can get that big. Yeah, he probably eats children. Like, you know what I mean? Just all that extra nourishment and whatever he does, whatever he intakes, I, I, I want to know. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, it's funny. His brother's like a light heavyweight, so it runs in the family. You know what I mean? I, I'm just surprised he can make 135. Yeah, you know, he didn't He didn't look like he was the uh, 
Uh, he looked like he had a really bad cut. He looked, you know, very... During that week, we didn't see him once. I think he was just focusing on his weight cut. Yeah, man. So, dude, this weekend, uh, two guys in your weight class are fighting. Uh, Michinori Tanaka and Hani Yaya. Who do you see winning that fight, man? Because it's a pretty tough one to call, and they're both scrappers, and they're, they're both experienced. You know you know what? Um, Hani Yaya, he's been impressing me because when he came in, like he just all he did was shoot double leg, single leg, take you down to Michi. Now he has no problem trading with people. He swings and... You know, he, he, he's evolving. I think Michinori Tanaka is more athletic. But I think if, if it goes to like the third round, Tanaka tends to fade. So I think Yaya will win if it goes to like the third round. Because Yaya, third round, one minute left. He's still trying to kill you. He's still trying to take your neck and take it home. Yeah, Yaya's a beast, man. And uh, Tanaka, like you said, he's super explosive, but he tends to fade late. So, yeah, and this fight's yeah, in Brazil, too. Explosive. Yeah. It's, oh, man. That's, that's going to be such a good fight. Definitely, man. And I want to know your opinion on one other fight, man. Uh, Francisco Trinaldo's fighting Paul Felder. I know those two are going to throw down. Oh, man. Trinaldo, he's, he, he, he looks like... Oh man, like he could throw a rock like 80 feet. You know what I mean? Like just monstrous. Like he, I, but I think Felder can probably, Felder can withstand the, the storm that is Trinaldo and Felder's, um, his style is, is hard to adjust to because he's aggressive, but he throws weird stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So things you're not, you don't normally see. So I'd probably go with Felder. Yeah, man. I, wise, yeah. Felder's got a good gas tank too, man. I mean, he can push that pace all three rounds. And with Ronaldo, even though he's a he's a scary dude, but uh, he tends to fade, kind of like uh, Tanaka does. Yeah, yeah, he does. That's because he's so big, and and his fighting style is so crazy. And he's just in your face. But like Felder has a fantastic chin, and in fact, when you hit Felder, Felder gets stronger. So. <laughs> At one point, do you say, ah, maybe I shouldn't hit him? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, man. He's definitely fun to watch. And I think now that he, you know, he's had a couple fights under his belt, he took a couple L's, he came back, he, he, he knows what it's like to overcome that. Now we, we're going to see uh, the best Paul Felder we've ever seen. At least I hope, man, because he's got so much potential. He does. He does. He's a scary, I mean, he's a scary dude. And then he gets mad and he gets scarier. It's, it's great. Yeah. So how about your boy, Max Holloway? I mean, nine-fight win streak. Uh, you know, I mean, you, how long until he's the champ? You think this time next year we're going to be looking at Max Holloway, the featherweight champ? It, it all, honestly, to be, to be honest, it all depends on who's willing to fight Max nowadays. Who's willing to fight him? Who's willing to, you know what I mean? Like, Jose Aldo himself said Max is too tough of a fight. Wow. Like who who will fight Max? You know, when we can figure that out, we'll get moving. Because right now, Connor's playing around in everybody else's weight class. Um, Aldo apparently doesn't want to fight Max. So I guess it depends on everyone else, which is kind of crappy for Max. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that Jose uh, publicly called out 
Showtime Pettis and said he'd rather fight him than than Max. No offense to Pettis, I'm a huge fan, but you know Max is on a nine fight win streak and he's more established in the featherweight division. So it's kind of like, come on, Jose, take that fight. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But you know what I mean. The thing about it, that's kind of a smart move for move for Jose Aldo because if he fights Max and that's a very losable fight for him. You know what I mean? Where does that throw him? Like, he really can't get his belt back after that. True. And, I mean, I'm just surprised he's also calling out Connor because, I mean, you're talking about uh, Max wouldn't be a winnable fight. I, I'm not sure. You know, I mean, you saw how that first Jose Aldo, Connor McGregor fight went down. Yeah. McGregor, McGregor just hits too goddamn hard. You know, he just hits too hard. He, he hits like a truck. If you had to put money on it, you think he'll ever return to, to featherweight? McGregor? Yeah. Uh, no. I don't think so. He, he fight week, he looks terrible. Like, I think he probably looks the worst I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen anybody look as bad as him. You know what I mean? He looks like he's on drugs. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, the cut is rough. I mean, there's a reason he's going up in different weight classes right now, you know? Yeah, he, he doesn't like to make 45. And people were saying that for a long time. You know what I mean? Like, he was probably going to start jumping around. And then it happened. You know what I mean? And I don't think he's going to go back. I think he's going to, like, play it off the way only he can until, you know, they they, um, eventually give it to somebody else. Definitely. Now, let me ask you this, man, because, I mean, there's so many good Hawaiian fighters, yourself, Louis Smolka, Max, Yancey, you know, all these guys. Are there any other up-and-comers that I've never heard of that, you know, I'm going to be hearing about in the next year or two from Hawaii? From Hawaii, up-and-comers. Um, I don't know if you've heard of... What's that? I don't know if you've heard of uh, Boston Salmon. Oh, yeah, I heard that name a lot, actually. Boston's a little monster. He'll he'll be out there soon. Uh, that's for sure. Boston will be out there. And then um, I mean, we got a bunch of good guys, Shaden, uh, you know, Maki guys that are making noise in the smaller divisions. Oh, it's smaller shows, but they'll they'll definitely be out there. Yeah, for sure. And dude, uh, how good did Yancey look up at 170, man? And that was uh the best performance he's ever had in his career. Yeah, Yancey's uh, Yancey just cut too much weight. That's for sure. He's a big dude, and then he, he, you know what I mean? He he eats uh, grass. You know what I mean? He he eats just straight plants and maybe some fish, and that's, that, that can't be enough nutrients for him. No way. Yeah, he definitely made the right call going up, dude. So, I mean, what's next for you, man? What do you want to do? Is there anyone you want to fight? Are you just waiting for the call or what? <laughs> everyone. I want to fight everyone. I'm not going to say, no, they're going to, no, whoever they pick, no. If they tell me tomorrow you're going to fight, oh, you want to fight so-and-so next week? Yes. You want to fight so-and-so, you know what I mean, the week after? Yes. There you go, man. I'll take it. That's that's a true fighter right there. And I I forgot to ask you this prediction, man. Who do you think is going to win between uh, Pedro Munoz and Justin Scoggins? I know you're familiar with both of them. He's fighting Scoggins. Did Scoggins go up? Yeah, Scoggins moved up to your division, man. Oh, Scoggins is tough. Uh, I'll just go at Pedro because he beat me, so he has to he has to just keep winning until he's the champion. That can feel better. <laughs> I mean, he's he, Pedro's no slouch, man. He, so yeah, he's I not. Mean, and uh, man, uh, 
Scoggins actually got caught in that guillotine back when he fought Moraga, and he was actually winning the fight early. And man, as that's you, true. That, I saw that. That Pedro guillotine comes out of nowhere, so I mean, he can catch anyone with that. So yeah, I could see Pedro yep. winning it too, man. But dude. I want yeah. to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now, and have the battle, man. It's an absolute pleasure. Let the audience know where to follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug, man. Now's the time. Uh, so, you know, just thank you to all my sponsors. Thank you guys for having me for this interview, for taking your time um, to talk to me. Uh, you know, just hit, uh, find me on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, RussellDome135. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thank you, and uh, have a great day, man. You too. Thanks. All right, peace out, brother. Kyle Kurtz, is Daniel from Half the Battle. Hey, what's going on? Long time. Yeah, man. How you been? I'm doing great, man. What about yourself? Chilling, man. Just uh, just enjoying myself, and uh, I'm glad to talk to you, bro. It's been a while, like you said. Yeah. So what you been up to? <laughs> Chilling, man. So, dude, last time we spoke, you tapped out. Well, initially, you tapped out Adam Sella in the second round. Then you had a rematch with him. You went out there, and this time you finished him in the first minute of the first round with the exact same finishing move. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was actually in the middle of trying to shut my dryer. It's actually pretty loud. So. Oh, it's all good. What's it like uh, finishing a guy in the second round and then you have the pressure of, you know, you got to fight this guy again. You got to beat him again. You go out there, you finish him in the first minute this time. Well, uh, I feel like uh, in preparation to that fight, uh, I worked 10 times harder. Um, I actually had more time off, uh, more time for my family. Um, you know, it was on for my training. Uh, I get to work on my strength and conditioning a whole lot more. And uh, I knew exactly what I had to do. I had to put all the, do uh, all the doubters and the naysayers about, you know, the first fight. I was going into that first fight just extremely exhausted. Uh, work and everything had had a lot of play in that. And uh, or, uh, let's just say that, um, you know, a full camp uh, going towards a, a fight without having to uh, work all the extra, you know, in my labor, um, it helped out for sure. Well, that's good to hear, man. Now, going into the fight where you're like, I'm going to finish him with the exact same move, or is that just how it went down? Uh, it's really kind of how it went down, but uh, at the same time, I was thinking, I'm not playing around this time. I want to finish it really fast. Uh, if it stays on the feet, I'm I'm going to knock him out. If it goes to the ground, which uh, my coaches kind of planned, uh, he, um, my jiu-jitsu instructor told me, hey, look, let's take him down to the ground, let's finish it quick, and let's celebrate. <laughs> oh yeah, you said that on the show. That's right. So I'm glad that came to fruition, man. Well, thank you. Yeah, how was the the celebration afterwards? Oh, it was good, man. It was it was great, honestly. Um, uh, actually, you know, hung out a little bit with uh, Adam Sella afterwards, so uh, we kind of celebrated together a little bit, I guess. But uh, man, uh, it's was, it was great to get a, a good fast win. Um, you know, just get back on the win column and, uh, you know, on my way to pushing forward for the next uh, couple of victories. So, um, I feel great. That's good to hear, man. So, you guys actually uh, partied a little bit together. So, is it safe to say uh, the hatchet has been buried? Oh, yeah, man. I, honestly, even when we, uh, when we say stuff on social media, you know, that sometimes uh, – 
it builds up in itself. We're, we're men. We, we, we're, we're full of testosterone and, uh, almost sometimes anything can get to bothering us when it comes to fighting, you know, we're fighters. So, uh, everything gets built up even more than, uh, what it actually is. And sometimes we get, we get even more mad, uh, when, when other people put their input in something and, uh, it, it's really nothing. And outside of that, we're really cordial, uh, you know, kind of became friends and talked uh, back and forth after our fight. So, uh, it's just one of those things, man. You, you can you can hate each other before the fight, but then after the fight, man, you, you can end up being best friends. You just never know. So there you go, man. Well, that's cool. And now you're moving on. And word on the streets, you're taking on Bobby Volker. Absolutely, tough. You know, really tough test. And uh, this is what I'm looking forward to. Now is the fight this Saturday. That's this Saturday. Damn, son. So you get to test yourself against a UFC vet. That's that's what's up, man. It's going to be a good experience for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't be any more excited, for real. Uh, I know this is a long time coming. Uh, you know, I've been prepping for this fight. Uh, uh, any and every fight, uh, you know, I'm always working hard. But um, I've been nonstop. Just, I mean, this is the hardest I've ever trained in my life, honestly. I've ran more uh, miles than ever for this training camp. I've taken it a lot more serious, my strength and conditioning, my diet and even. Uh, I'm not very usually not even that serious with my diet. I pretty much eat whatever and just I'm like, oh, yeah, I can eat this fat. Uh, it'll help build in the muscle. That's what I tell my wife anyway. And then she's like, oh, okay, you know. So uh, I shouldn't be eating all the bad stuff. But, you know, th this fight camp, I've, I've taken a lot serious, a lot more serious. And uh, let's just say you know, I'm ready for three rounds. Uh, obviously, I don't want to go outside of one round. But There you go. You well, that, that's what the fans like to hear, man. And, uh, you know, how do you feel like uh, you guys stack up in terms of the style? Because, I mean, Bobby's known as a very durable guy. He's very tough. You know, he'll take a uh, – three shots to land one he's that kind of guy he's a fan favorite but you know at the same time he is beatable so how do you think you guys match up um yeah and you know i've heard a lot of people even say the same thing like he and i stylistically are uh a matchup like we uh we match up pretty pretty very pretty similar i would say and uh i just think you know all around my jiu-jitsu is better uh, my ground game is going to be better. Um, my, my takedown defense, uh, you know, may not be as good as his, but it's definitely getting better. But, uh, you know, he gets in brawl mode. Sometimes I get in brawl mode, but let's just say I'm getting a lot more technical as I'm, uh, as I'm going on in my career. And uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I can't, I can't really say, uh, you know, who's better at this or that, but we already know he's a veteran. Um, he deserves a lot of respect, and uh, I'm just going to go out there like he's the champ, like he's always been the champion uh, of MMA all around, not just UFC or Bellator or anything. I mean, he's standing in my way to get where I want to be. So, um, you know, I'm just put, I'm going to put the pressure on him, and he's not going to know what to do. Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned how your fighting style has evolved. You're more technical now. You're smarter now. Now, is that also a result of your training? I mean, are you doing more drilling and less sparring, kind of like a bunch of these guys are doing nowadays? Uh, I would say yes and no. But, I mean, we 
we still got our hard-headed fighters in here. We're, we we want to we still want to test the waters in our rounds, and uh, you know we just can't help but to spar, and yeah. we can't help but to go hard. And you got some some people are like, oh well, uh, you, maybe you should go like ten to fifty percent. Well, no, there's times where we go like it's it's anywhere from seventy five to a hundred percent, and it, and it's and it's all within a round. But you just uh, you know, I can't, I can't not do that. It just, it's just in me and, uh, in, in my teammates as well. When we see red, it's, I mean, it's like we're in a fight. We're in an MMA fight right then and there. So, um, no, I got to get my rounds in, man. I gotta, I gotta know what it's like. You know, some of these people will go out there and, and do their 10 to 50%. And then when they hop in the ring, it, it's not the same thing. They're, they're used to not getting hit for a while if they take time off, uh, from, you know, in just doing drilling, there's a whole different ball game. So you got to get hit every once in a while. You got to know what it feels like. So I go in there and get my sparring in for sure. Yeah, good points you bring to the table, man. Now, did you by chance get to check out uh, Dustin Poirier versus Michael Johnson the other day? No, uh, I did hear about it. I, I did hear about uh, uh, Johnson, you know, getting a quick finish in the first, but uh, I don't know. Man, I couldn't believe it. You know, I mean, it's not that Michael Johnson was a bad fighter or anything like that, but I thought that Dustin Poirier was looking better than he ever had. And if Michael Johnson were to win this fight, I didn't think it was going to be early like that. That was it was crazy. He uh, he basically it wasn't even a fight. He just uh, he knocked him out within uh, less than two minutes. That's kind of like uh, Conor McGregor's. Yeah. Fight. Yeah, I totally yeah. didn't see that coming, man. But hey, you know, at that level, you got to be on your game every single time you go out there. Oh heck yeah, man! I mean, I I completely agree. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter how great a shape you're in. Uh, anything can happen at any second. I mean, you can fight a guy who's not near as good as you, or not near as qualified for the rankings, and uh, and someone catch you. Uh, it, it just happens. Um, that's why you know, no matter what, I'm willing to take the toughest on at any time because I'm. I'm the underdog. I'm I'm going in there to fight the best, and if I lose, then you know what? I lost against the best guys. But if I go in there and fight somebody who's a nobody, I say, I say a nobody because um, everybody starts out as a nobody. And uh, if I fight somebody who hasn't developed a name yet, then it kind of hurts me. But if I fight somebody who's already developing something, and, and, and then again, like Bobby Volker, he's fighting me. I'm developing a name. Uh, I... You know, people are starting to get to know me um, more and more. Uh, he's not fighting a nobody, so that's the reason why um, you know people have said that Bobby Volker, uh, if he wins this fight from a four-fight win streak and he beats me, then you know this could be his call to Bellator or uh, uh, for UFC again. So um, you know, nobody, not just anybody, is going to get him that that type of fight so uh, i'm up for whatever win or lose man i'm going out there and giving it everything i have yeah i mean and with that said if you go out there and beat bobby volker that'd be two ufc vets in a row and you know once you get those victories over those ufc vets that's when you're going to get the call so what i'm wondering is you know where do you see your uh, career trajectory going like when you visualize it you know how, how do you see it going down because i mean obviously if you get this victory here over bobby volker like i said that's two ufc vets in a row and you could be looking at bigger things down the line uh, man, the, I, I see it. I'm already seeing a huge picture. I, I've already got it like mapped out, but at the same time, it's like someone needs to draw the road for me. 
so that I can walk down that path. Uh, because I, you know, nothing happens perfect. So I just got to keep on, uh, putting everything in a row and just hoping that everything works out the way I, I mean, cause I, I can end up, uh, winning one, losing one, winning one, losing one. But I, if I, if I stay on the win streak, uh, then yeah, like you said, this is, uh, this is something that can get me further, especially over uh, two UFC vets. Um, I, I see big things right now, especially when I'm able to, uh, train full time. As of right now, you know, I'm working a full-time job, welding. Uh, I got a family, I, uh, my wife and my kids. I just, you know, family time is, is huge, so I got to make sure I squeeze that in. But, uh, you know, if I was able to train full-time, this would be a lot easier. Um, I, I don't want to be mean to nobody, but as much as I'm driven, as hard as I work, uh, I would be surpassing uh, a lot of these problems, and uh, I, I feel like I would have already – been closer to the UFC or a big signing with uh, Bellator um, if I would have been training full-time the last couple of years. So, I mean, what do you got to do to get that consistency? I mean, is it just a matter of training more or what? Because, I mean, you still got to this point for a reason, and you're still taking on a UFC vet. So, I mean, oh. now's your time, man. Uh, I would say, man, I just got to gotta put on an impressive win. You know, everybody has to step up their way uh up the uh, up the ladder, um, just like I do, and uh, there's a lot of hardworking blue collar people out there who do the exact same thing I do. But uh, I, I try to make it more out there that uh, you know this is what I'm doing, and and uh, I don't I don't want to do this forever. I don't want to have to work a, a full time job and then train to get where I want to be. I want to uh, make it shorter and be able to train full time uh, prior to doing so. So. Uh, what I got to do is put on, uh, you know, I got to put on a great show. I got to be entertaining and, uh, win or lose. I, I just got to show the fans, uh, what's up. And, you know, for the most part, I, I'm a finisher. So, I and mean, that's what the fans want to see. They want to see somebody finish. And, uh, I made a joke with, you know, a lot of people, uh, cause, cause I think it's funny. Um, I, I just, uh, I just go out there and, uh, you know, I want to finish, but at the same time, if someone's going to finish me, they, they gotta, they gotta finish me first. I don't want to go to the decision. Uh, nobody wants to freaking see the decision. I don't care. You get best five of the night. You can get best five of the night within a couple rounds if uh, you put everything into it. So uh, I'm going to try to finish Bobby Volker, you know, and just like he's going to try to finish me, he doesn't want decisions either. But uh, you just got to put on uh, great fights. Yeah. Well said, my man. It's all about the exciting fighters. Those are the guys we remember. I mean, these guys that go out there and you know try to hump someone's leg and win a boring decision, they, they don't last long in the big leagues, man. So it's all about putting on a show, you know? So I 100% agree with you. And Kyle, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's always a pleasure, my man. Let the audience know where to follow you on social media and anything else you want to plug, man. Now's the time. Absolutely. Um, you guys can check me out on Facebook, Kyle Hurts Kurtz. Oh, that's my uh, regular page, but uh, my fan page, Kyle the Hertz Kurtz, and uh, find me on Hertzmeister underscore fifteen on Instagram, or even uh, Kyle Hertz Kurtz uh, fifteen uh, on Twitter, and uh, you know, just check me out if you could, and uh, that's pretty much all I have. Awesome, Kyle. Well, thanks again for the time, and best of luck in your fight, bro. Thank you very much. Take care, buddy. All right, you too, man. Peace. Thank you guys so much for checking out this special edition of Half the Battle. Big thanks to Mike De La Torre, Russell Doan, and Kyle Kurtz. And guys, the fights this weekend, 
are going to be pretty damn fun to watch. Tiago Santos, I mean, dude, he better make a statement here, right? Paul Felder versus Francisco Trinado. That's going to be one hell of a scrap. Follow me on Twitter at BestFightPicks. Go to BestFightPicks.com and subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.